Happy Monday and welcome to the Mr. Rolling In podcast. Um, my name is Ruby Naylor and I'm with Ellie Mollison and we're taking over for um, for today to discuss a few different topics. Ellie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm happy given the result. We also, the two, we have a lag. So if we like wait three seconds between like when one person starts talking and when the other person finishes, it's because we can't properly hear each other. So we're doing our best. Okay, so we're going to start, we'll start talking about, um, Ellie and I went to the Forest, that conference, the, the, for, the, the conference that Forest held last week um, on Tuesday, uh, or Wednesday and Thursday. And it was um, uh, fighting racism and promoting gender equality in sport. And it was run by Harvard University's Global Sport Fellowship Program um, in conjunction with Loughborough University and hosted by Nottingham Forest. Um, and so that was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, the first day was all about um, uh, racial equality in football and it focused on um, kind of what clubs can do to prevent this from happening, sanctions and everything like that. Ellie, what was your biggest takeaway from the first day of the conference? First day was incredible for people um lots of current forest players attended as well which was really really nice to see lots of ex-forest players i mean lewis grab and wes morgan and almost all of them spoke at some point i think everyone maybe has seen on nottingham forest socials anthony alanga and harry toffolo from our first team both spoke at the conference on the spot as well and they were both incredibly well spoken but i took so much in terms of there is so much change that needs to happen but there's also so many incredibly inspiring people working tirelessly for that change and hopefully if we'll see the we'll see the effects in the future of the amazing hard work that especially Lilian Turam is taking on after everything he's already done I just have to say he's an incredible human being yeah that's kind of um well, I felt as well just the range of people that Forrest brought in from Viv Anderson, who obviously is the first um, full-time England international black player, um, to, as you said, um, Anthony Alanga, who's a first-team player for Forrest, and a one-year was there as well. So Forrest obviously doing their part and saying, hey, we're acknowledging that things need to change and it's not perfect, but all we can do is go step-by-step step and, and uh, hope that things improve because... The Premier League's not perfect, but um, there are issues like they talked about um, what happened with in Serie A with Mignon and everything just a couple of weeks ago and how kind of seems like it gets better, but there always feels like almost a step back and just hoping that things will change and that everybody kind of needs to do their part. And then the second day was fabulous as well. That was all about gender equality. So it mainly focused on women's football whereas the day before was kind of all about men's football. So Ellie, that obviously is definitely way more pertinent to you and I, um, to you and me, rather. Um, so what was your favorite part about that day, your favorite discussion that, because obviously you were on a panel which talked about uh, female fans of football, female fans of women's and men's football, changes that stadium needs, stadiums need to reach equality and equity for um, all genders. So what was, Talk about your panel a little bit and then just your favorite part of any other panel. 
Yeah, so on our panel, like I say, we were focusing on the fan experience. It was the last panel of the day, so bless anybody that was able to make it that far. But um, I spoke about Garibaldi Girls, which I'm sure everyone's sick, of sick to death of hearing about, obviously, and her game too, about how actually a lot of people don't realise, as much as we believe things are getting more woke, uh, sexist accounts and sexist reports are increasing by 300% was the kick it out stat and we're seeing so many I can say for me personally I've experienced more sex than last year at football than I did probably every year prior to that it's actually getting worse and it was really interesting to have the discussions to hear women's experiences people asked us questions we ended up talking about toilets for quite a while it was much more interesting than it sounds that sounds a bit strange but um about the gender data gap and what can be done to improve the fan experience and I think it's really important that it's beneficial for women and men as well talking about sexism because sexism isn't just against women it's against any gender so I really I was absolutely petrified to be speaking on a panel in front of Lillian Taram but it was full to the brim of incredibly inspiring people that are really keen to help out and I think I was really interested as well something that I'm really keen to I know that I personally want to incorporate this into Garibaldi Girls is intersectional feminism and I think Anika who is a lecturer at Nottingham Trent University who studies specifically women in I can't tell you specifically because I've I've not got a PhD but she's a very clever lady and <laughs> focuses on women in sport and um she spoke about intersectionality in women in sport and how it's basically horrifically disproportionate where in men's sport it's bad enough where there's a severe lack of um role models poor treatment and we all know how commentators there tends to be a bias in terms of physicality if someone if a player is black and then intelligence if the player is white but it's actually significantly worse in women's football you see the stats and it's really sad actually how little representation there is for ethnic minorities so that was really interesting because that that's actually got worse rather than better there's less representation than there was about 10 to 20 years ago so I took a lot from that hopefully we can continue well I say continue hopefully we can make a change and um, there was incredible people in the room some with quite a lot of power in the football world but the fact that everyone turned up to this event and the fact that Nottingham Forest were holding it was just it just made me incredibly proud to be a Forest fan yeah I felt the same as well they really addressed things that kind of needed to be addressed um, as she said, we talked about bathrooms for like quite a minute um, and how there are just in general more men's toilets than there are uh, women's in stadiums and things like that as well, which sounds silly, but it's something that's true. I've honestly, more often than not, I'll go out at halftime at the city ground to use the toilet and then see the line and just immediately walk back to my seat because I'm like, yeah, that's not happening before we get uh, the game kicks back off. So... It is what it is. But again, Forrest is acknowledging that there are issues and doing things to stop it. Um, and as Ellie said, she's starting Garibaldi Girls, which she didn't actually say what it is. She's starting the first women's uh, 
official female supporters club for Nottingham Forest, which I am personally very ecstatic about. Um, and so this is all stuff that we will talk about um, within the club as well. Um, so yeah, it was fabulous. And I just hope Forest continues to hold things like this. So Ellie, do you want to pivot then? We can talk about the Bournemouth match that happened on Saturday. That was, we got a point, which again, we can never seem to beat Bournemouth, even when we're 2-0 up, um, as we saw last season. So Ellie, I know you said you didn't get to quite watch the entire match, but what was what were your general takeaways from, from it? I mean, yeah, I unfortunately, it's the first league away game I've not managed to get a ticket to. So I was fuming. But um, one or I'll take away at Bournemouth I certainly will take a draw uh the position we're in right now ideally we want to be getting three points to make up perhaps the times that we didn't but I think it's a fair result I think it's something that we should definitely be happy with give we have a horrific record I can't remember the stats I was looking at it and like really it was something ridiculous, like nine games and we've never won against them or something like that. It was really silly. But from I've only been able to watch the highlights at this point because I was uh, supporting my boyfriend's football match. And so Callum Hudson-Odoi, I'm glad. To, he seems to only know how to, uh, how to score wonder goals. I don't think he knows how to do it any other way. But so I'll ask you, Ruby, because you've watched the game in full. I need to go and watch mm -hmm. it after this. And it would be good for me to get your opinions and see when I watch it if I agree with them. But obviously, what did you think of the lineup? When I saw the team sheet, I know I was thinking, oh, this is not necessarily what I would have picked. But how did you feel? Yeah. I mean, in general, I was all right with it. I would say Omobamadele, that was, I would have put him in Marilla. I would have started them at centre back. Nico Williams, I would have had him as well. Where they lost me um, was Tavares. I don't know how he keeps doing it, how he keeps ending up there. But he can't do anything. He's quite good at, like, breaking up play, I will say. Um, in general, he's a bigger guy. He can just get stuck in, um, poke the ball away, that sort of idea. But he kind of lacks everywhere else. I would say his spatial awareness is not great. Um, I would have put Harry Toffolo there. I mean, he is – I've yet to see, like, a true massive mistake from him. Uh, this season, he's not been perfect, obviously, by any stretch. I'm not saying that. But I do not understand why he didn't start left back. Maybe he wasn't feeling great. Not quite sure. Um, and then we had Alanga, hudson Adoy, Then we had Dominguez and uh, um, Ryan Yates started as well. Yeah. And then Gibbs White yeah. and then Wanyi. Yeah. And Yates actually got man of the match, which was quite controversial on Twitter. I didn't think he did quite as badly as everybody else seemed to think that he did, but I did not think he was man of the match player. I don't think Hudson Doy was either just because they scored the goal. I don't think he deserved man of the match. Um, I would have given it to Marilla, 100%. I mean, that man is an absolute brick wall. I mean, Solanke couldn't do anything against him, honestly. Um, he, he's just fantastic. And I would have to go with he has been top two signing since being promoted to the Premier League, which I might get some slack for. But that man is incredible and it's just he's just going to get better as he matures um a one year starting in striker a little shaky on that not because he's not amazing but because he's still just coming back from his injury chris wood is now injured hamstring out for seven to eight weeks which is really really unfortunate um because as i said a one year just coming back from his injury and then the new kid ribiero um, is not registered with the fa 
um, officially yet. So he can't play against Bristol City on Wednesday. So we've got to play somebody else in the striker. And I've been seeing people shout for Osong, who plays for, I know his name starts with a D, but I don't quite know how to pronounce it. So I'll just go with Osong. And um, he plays for the under-21s for Forest. And his stats are not not bad. I mean, this so far this season in... I think it's called Premier League Two Division One, if I'm not mistaken. He's played seven games and he has one goal and one assist. So I mean, if he's an out and out striker, uh, out and out number nine, that's not amazing. One and seven, not bad, but not amazing, uh, uh, not fantastic. And then last season, I can pull up Premier League Two Division Two, 13 matches, four goals and two assists. So again, not great, but four and 13. That's a goal almost every three games. Oh yeah, a goal every three games. So not too bad. So I. I've seen people call for him to start on Wednesday because they don't think it's worth it to risk a Wanyi in a cup game, which I do agree with. But obviously we can't start Wood and Ribeiro is not registered, so can't start him. Um, so overall, for a starting lineup, which is how this started, um, I was all right with it, except maybe Hudson Adoy, obviously he scored that great goal, but I don't know if I would have started him. I might have started Reina, which again could be controversial. But I've not just been I've just not been inspired by Hudson Doy. He turns he turns around and passes back more when I think he should take on the defender. Um, but again, scored a fantastic goal. I thought Reyna came on um, and just didn't really do much. He kind of ran around. He was supposed to be playing on the left wing and played almost like a random 10 position where he was just going back and forth between the midfield. So I was slightly confused what he's being told to do if he's supposed to act like a second number 10. But then it kind of left too much space on the left-hand side. So Tavares was running up really, really high. Um, and it didn't backfire at all. And they didn't score down that flank or anything. Um, uh, but yeah, the starting lineup was close to what I would have picked. Pretty close, but not exactly. I think Tavares being the man stand, stand out of what I would not have done. I think it's interesting because I think I would have said the exact same thing as you. And from only watching the highlights, I will say they've made Ryan... I mean, I love Ryan Yates. But from watching the highlights, he looks like he's bloody Pele. <laughs> he's he's in every <laughs> highlight, nearly. So from what I've seen, I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But it'd be interesting when I watch the whole game to see if I agree with you because I, I don't know yet. But in I terms mean, of the... I mean, I, I'm I not talking down him on him, though. But I don't think you... I don't necessarily think he was man of the match. But I just thought... He didn't really pass forward as much. I know he's playing in a six role, so kind of supposed to be holding and supposed like a holding box box idea, I guess. But he's not Mangala, and Mangala's main job is um, to kind of just sit. But again, Yates, um, I don't know. I just didn't see anything super inspiring. It's not that he did, uh, in my opinion, he didn't do poorly. I just didn't really see anything from him, if that makes sense, to stand out to make him man of the match. But yeah. Watch closely and let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Also, by the way, to people listening, we don't like talk over each other on purpose. There is just a horrific, like, <laughs> like we're talking five seconds. We don't just hate each other and talk over each other. It is genuinely like, I just hear deafening silence every time I speak. But um, I was going to say as well, what with the Bristol City game coming up on Wednesday, it is. Yeah, Wednesday. And we can't play Matt Sells, Gio Reyna or Rodrigo Ribeiro. I mean, I guess it's obvious because they weren't in the first game, in the first round before the replay. Who do you think, and obviously Ryan Yates and Nicholas Dominguez, sorry, are suspended. 
So who do you think will start? What would be the lineup you would pick? Is that, are they not allowed to play because they didn't play in the first game? I thought they weren't officially registered yet or something. I thought, I read that they, something, how they, I don't know. Do you know exactly why it is? I think it's because they weren't registered ahead of the first game. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes, I mean, it makes sense. I just wasn't sure entirely why. Um, so let's see, what would I do? I guess I'd put Matt Turner in goal. I mean, against Bristol City. Oh, against Bristol City. He shouldn't really. <laughs> he shouldn't. He shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just a little. Uh, against Bristol. Wow. Against. Wow. Okay. I'm just not going to say anymore. Against Bristol. He shouldn't really be forced to make a true error, you know. Um, it's not a prem quality team. Um, it shouldn't have. They shouldn't have too much of a high, high press on him. So, as long as nobody's putting him in a super precarious situation, passing him the ball when they shouldn't, I think it should be fine. Because I don't. His shot stopping obviously is not the best we've seen. I mean, Gabriel Jesus goal point blank period. Um, but I think he should be okay against Bristol City. I just wouldn't play him in a Premier League match. Um, back four, um, let me think. Um, I'll probably keep it... Wait, it's Dominguez and Yates that are ineligible, yes. correct? Okay. Um, I would do the same. Yeah, I'd do the same back four, but I would do Toffolo for Tavares. Then in the midfield, I mean, difficult. Um, Danilo was the six, obviously Gibbs White as the ten, and then you can't do Dominguez as the eight. Who are you putting as the eight then, Ellie? Gosh, who have we who have we got left? Uh, That's what I'm wondering. Because I mean, Danilo can. Do we still have Mangala? Because there's all sorts. No, of he, no, he's he's, he's no, he went. He he's not? to Leon. Yeah, he's gone officially now. God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who else is left? Hang on, I feel like I'm forgetting. Really I mean, I'm definitely forgetting players. people. Uh, <laughs> no, that'd be really obvious. Sangari's um, not back yet, is he? No, he's not. Uh, I'm sure there are some young players that I just what? simply don't know who could play. Uh, it's gonna have um, to be, won't it? And if we've forgotten someone obvious, we're gonna get rinsed. <laughs> we're gonna, but I mean, is Niakate um, back then? Or Kuyate? Oh, Kuyate. I can't lie. Yeah, Kuyate is back because Senegal is out. Okay, yeah. so I think if Kuyate is back, I would do Oma Bamadele and Kuyate as the two center backs. Push Murillo to a six, Danilo as the eight, Gibbs White as the ten. I would do um, Alanga on, I would put him right wing. Um, I guess I'd keep Hudson Doy left wing because. Unless they really want to test Reyna and see like what he can do, I would maybe start him from the yeah, beginning, give him a full time. sixty. Oh, you're right. We just talked about that. Okay, so yeah, Hudson Adore on the left for sure, and then a Wanyi. Um, no, not a Wanyi. I said that before. I would do the the young kid, the Osan kid, um, as number nine because he was red. He was registered against um, in the first uh, Bristol game, and I'm pretty sure he was on the bench for both Blackpool games as well. Um, yeah, I think so. and. Yeah, so I would give him a chance, see what he's about, and 
at the end of the day, the prem, like obviously the FA Cup is a trophy and it would be lovely to win it, but I'd much rather get three points in against Newcastle this weekend than win this FA Cup tie. Absolutely. I feel exactly the same. I think I, I'd probably go the exact same lineup you've just spoken through as well, given <laughs> how few players we seem to be able to pick at the minute. But um, it's been chaotic, to say the least, given all the lags and the fact that you can't even see me because uh, <laughs> technology is not with us today. And there's been a lot to talk about, but I hope you've enjoyed it. It's Ellie Monison and Ruby Naylor for the Miss Trolling In podcast. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>